There's Coach Venables talking about kind of his role in practice, dividing between offense and defense. And I'll just tell you right now, that dude in a, I don't know, call it a two-hour practice, is everywhere. He's not a CEO type. Well, I mean, he like he can be the CEO of a program, but when I say that, I view it as just kind of sitting back and letting everyone else do it. Like, no, he's he's in on he's in on he, it. He he is not over shaking hands on the sideline and slapping backs and not at all. He one instant will be in drills with the inside backers. The next instant, he's helping the safeties in a tackling drill. The next moment, he's over with the offensive line and defensive line doing one-on-ones. The next minute, he's running uh, the punt drill. The next minute, he is over, uh, you know, harping on the quarterbacks. Uh, it is Seriously, two think, hours of non-stop. Yeah, I think that's something you got to love as, as a fan. I, and I do love that it's not just so linebacker-focused. Like, well, I'm going to be hands-on during these practices, but it's going to be what I know best, linebackers. I mean, we think that he knows linebackers best, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. That guy's got a really high fo- uh, football IQ. I think he knows just about everything. So the fact that he's running across everywhere – not that he needs, you know, any more approval by his team, but that certainly doesn't that doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah, I I um I was I was totally totally impressed with what I saw from from Venables throughout practice. It was uh it was really something. Not surprising though. And I also need to add it was and still is one of the crappiest days outside you could ever have. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so cold right now. It is terrible. So what was the big takeaway from practice today? What did you see? Um, the big picture, the big takeaway is they're not there now, but I think the offense is going to be really good. Whoa! Someone must think the offensive line's going to be pretty dadgum good then, if that's what you're saying. I think I don't they... don't think you can have one without the other. I think they are going to be really, really the good. The offensive line, you think? The entire offense. What about the offensive line? Well, I mean, that's going to be the main uh, hinge point on where they go uh, and how successful they're going to be, but... You know, if they if they can stay healthy on the offensive line and continue to develop, I think they're going to be well, really. I good. I need some deets on what you saw today as to why you think they're going to be so good. Um, quarterback looked crisp, looked good. Receivers looked good. I mean, quarterback looked crisp and looked good. He can make plays. He can make throws. He can he can run around and create. Um, the protection for the quarterback was 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 good for the most part. Um, wide receivers, it's really hard because when you're standing there, no one person ever sticks out. There's just there's too much. It's too fast. There's too many guys rotating in. There's too much to watch. Like you can't just 
you know, spend time watching one guy. So you just kind of get an overall sense of, of what's going on out there. And um, the offensive line right now, and, you know, the offense at this point it has a built-in advantage, right? Sure. They do. It's the defense, it's going to take a while. Well, they're in the middle of an install right now. Yeah. It's going to take a while for the defense to get – you know, get up to speed with all of the the stuff that they're they're throwing at those guys, and the fact that the offense goes so fast that defensively, it's like we are just oh hanging God, on. I bet some dudes just feel lost out there, especially oh, like backer and safety. Just uh, it's just already you're just up. trying to get your feet underneath you, man. It's probably what they're trying to and, do. Right you now. know. It, they're, the offense is going to go way faster than than what they're they're doing in practice. Like they're still trying to gear up and and get to you know to unleash the full potential of of that offense and that system. But I mean, there's there's some good stuff going on out there. I would say more than anything, I more than I quarterback throwing the ball and and wide receivers catching it and what the running backs look like. I would just say overall like the the feeling and the the focus and the energy of practice is it looks like what you would expect from Someone that is calling themselves. It looks the like best a, it looks program. more like a championship football team running things around. Is it's what you're looking for there? Totally different. Yeah. Well, I, again, I don't think that that it surprises anyone. And it's not that you know it's it's not that um, you know the previous staff there there wasn't in, like there's energy at every practice. You know, college football every practice is going to have energy. That's not really what I'm talking about. It's just the. Um, it's physical. It's physical. It's it's demanding. Like it's 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 so physical and demanding and fast that there's no there's no standing around. There's no Okay, so we all know that it's better. That doesn't surprise us. So though the normal fan can't go to it, would you describe it as what you saw today, if the normal fans saw it, they'd be like, oh my God, yes, this is what this program's been wanting. This is what I wanted to see. This is what it should look like. Um, yeah, yeah, in, in a sense, yes. but It would meet the expectations of what you think a Brent Venables practice looks like. Yeah. Whatever our expectations are, it probably fits that. Whatever that expectation is, it would probably fit that. Um, I mean, it, I'm I'm telling you, it was it was. Someone's excited about the offense. How about that? Well, me, I'm not, I'm not necessarily. Like, I'm. I just think they're going to be good. I'm more excited about just what I saw from the entire football team. I that is, and I haven't been to a whole lot of practices, right? But. Just even from what I've seen and what I some of the things that I know, like they were coaching and how they were coaching it, like some of that stuff, I that today is probably the most physical practice OU has had in 
maybe a decade. Well, and here's the thing, too, that should probably get you excited. We're not talking about you seeing that, you know, in August, a week before the season's going to start. This is practice five, right? Practice five, practice six, yeah, practice whatever it five. is. We're really early on in the spring for the most part, and they're already having the most physical practice you've seen, and it sounds like they're conducting themselves more like a championship program supposed to. That's pretty big time if you can get that in a practice this early on in the spring. Like I would feel the I would think most places to feel that optimistic, it would be during the season or right before the season started. To to accomplish that after just over a few short months is that's 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 pretty special. Yeah. It's it is you know, and I and I was talking to to some of the guys around there and just the like the overall feeling from people that have been there, it's it's just like a breath of fresh air and so much different. And I don't know, it's it's a good feeling up there right now. But all that being said, they have a long, long, long way sure. to go. And that's not just me throwing out like coaching uh, lingo and. You know, not wanting to to say some of the stuff that they're doing good. I mean, that's not it. It's just that they are start starting like very bare bones and installing a defense that is very difficult just right out. It's not an easy defense to grasp and understand. You combine that with defensively not a lot of experience. What, 12 starts at backer, I think, is all they have? Yeah, not a lot of experience at any position. And you're defending an offense that is going lightning fast. Like There's not a whole lot of time for thought and corrections, and it's it's tough. It's going to be a strain uh, this entire spring trying to get those guys up to speed. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, Coach Venables is talking about in that previous audio you talked about, like, Anyone, any voice, anything that they can do to try and speed up that development process, he's in. He's in. So, um, I don't know. It was uh, – It was. I'll tell you this. It was not what I expected to I walk say, up on. Were you surprised? I don't know what your expectations were going in, but you, you left surprised is what it sounds like. Uh, I didn't leave surprised. I – Walked in surprised. <laughs> because of the physicality? Is that what yeah. immediately? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But by the time you watch it all, you think, okay, yeah, this is what I this is what I expect Venables to be doing whenever he's trying to set a standard here. It it falls in line with everything else that he's been saying. All right, let's get to some text on the Air Cover Solutions text line. Uh let's Let's don't get the cart before the horse. Most most teams look good against air. I'll tell you right now, buddy, that's part of it. It wasn't against air. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about. And when I say it didn't look good, it didn't look polished, it didn't look seamless, it didn't look mistake-free, not what I'm saying at all. But it looked pretty good for this early on in the spring with as you know, many months as they have before the season kicks off. Uh, the demeanor of 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 what was going on out there looked yeah. good. Peyton says, "You know better than to ask straight up questions, Tyler." In a week and a half, uh, see, we just got a 
We just got another text, and it totally uh, got me off of that one. But basically saying that you're going to hide uh, all of the information from practice and riddles. Yes. Which That's will correct. happen. That's correct. You better be on your toes because it's going to be out. I'll, it's, I'll put it out there, but it's going to be at different moments, and it, they're, they're like little clues that I leave just randomly throughout the show, and it won't even be just today. The O-line will be a stone wall for Dylan Gabriel and crew. Just give me this nugget, at least on the offensive line. Did they look more physically imposing? Did they look more physically impressive? Did they look stronger? than what they were, what, six months ago? Yes. Okay. Were you impressed with how they responded to the most physical practice you've seen in 10 years? The offensive line? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, yes. Good. Can Teddy address the new offense and defense learning curve? I know Brenton staff already have these kids motivated, but how tough is the new playbook going to be? Really my only concern for early games. Uh, Defensively? It's going to be really tough. Really tough. It's hard. You know, you in college you get you get so many you get so many unique things. Like for instance, you you don't even recognize it almost during the play of a game, but you know, I always talk about the hashes and how important that is in college football. Whenever you go to the NFL, there's not even a discussion of hashes. Which is weird because in college football, some of your blitzes are called to the field. Some of them are called to the boundary. Some of your, you know, when you just set the front, which you're telling your D-line where to line up, in college, some of that is done to where the football is on the field. Um, Whenever you have like a, we all know what trips is, right? Three wide receivers on one side. Whenever a team is on the boundary and they have trips, three wide receivers into the boundary, it creates a huge host of problems defensively on how you have to line up to it and how you have to adjust to it. So like learning all the nuances of those things in every single call and how we have to adjust to it, and okay, now that we've adjusted, what happens if they motion back across, uh, what happens if they motion one of those guys into the backfield? What happens if the back motions to empty to create trips into the boundary, two receivers to the field? What happens if he motions to the boundary to where we have quads into the boundary? That has to be gone through in detail in every single call. Where does everyone line up? Do you need to shift the defensive line whenever you uh, get that that type of emotion. Do you need to uh, ice or stop one of the D-line uh, twist games whenever you get a, spef- a specific formation? All of that has to be detailed with every single call, every single formation, every single shift, every single motion, and the guys have to be able to grasp it. And that's just, you know, you may call five, six, seven different defenses in a practice, and they have to know that for every single one of those. Last one before we hit a break. I am curious uh, how you were received today by the head coach Um, because last week he gave a, where the hell were you when you missed the first two practices? What what did he say today? I did not even talk to the head coach because he was – when I tell you he was in work mode, (laughs) there was not one moment 
where he wasn't in a drill, um, correcting a player, uh, speaking with medical staff, speaking with uh, some type of staff specific as to what was going on in a very animated discussion. I, there was not a single second of, of downtime. You know, not that I'm actively looking for reasons. I'm not. Um, but I, I guess you get to a point when you hear so many good things about one particular guy, especially a head coach, like I, I at least try to step back at times, Teddy, and say, okay, well, I'm hearing all these things that I love, and I definitely think that this hire is going to work out in a huge way. But what are some of the things that I'm hearing or that I've heard or something that's out there that doesn't make me feel as great as I did about this hire? I'm not hearing anything or seeing anything that I don't like. And in fact, like things like this today are just reinforcing the fact that I think that this was a home run hire. Yeah. Like, it, like now I'm just like, okay, there's got to be something. There's got to be one thing that's out there that makes me at least question something a little bit. I, I don't I'm not finding that out there. And it doesn't guarantee that this is going to be a success, but my mind was already made up when the hire was made. It was the hire to make, and now I'm I'm more convinced I I guess than I've ever been. Yeah. I don't know if you're the same way or not, but I I mean Yeah, well, hey, um I I I like a lot of, of things out there and uh, just like any it wasn't wasn't all good, right? There there's but what I'm saying is, like, the overall – just the overall feeling of what was happening out there was was fantastic. So, uh, good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Keep the text coming, Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rust. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff, but fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Oh, by the way, they are the sponsor of the Diamond Envy podcast, the OU Softball podcast. Go download that today in Apple Podcasts. Give Cavens a call, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Uh, let's get some text real quick before we move on. This one in the 918. So, Teddy, what you're saying is national championship number eight, crying face emoji. <laughs> yes, mm. I'm saying that, and it's going to happen in the 2023 season. Did Teddy have to go through a security gate before entering practice? No, I did not. You just walk in? I just walked in, Yes. Derek from Broken Arrow, everyone knew that Brent was the choice. The fans, the AD, Brent brings championship defense and years of experience. Every Sooner great has been rolling over in their grave watching the last 10 years of defense. Brent will make all Sooners proud. Uh, yes, that is correct. I agree with that. Um, I can't even – he is – what is he? He just turned 50? Yeah, I think that's right. 
he looks like he's 30. I mean, looks the exact same. Young. He is flying around all over the field nonstop in drills with pretty much every single position group out there. Coaching, coaching, coaching. It never stops. Never stops. Coaching the players, coaching the coaches. Never a – which I know it's it's not just during practice. I know he's like this, um, you know, all waking hours of the day too that it's just – it's on. All of it is on. There's no, there's no moment there where uh, he lets the guard down. Well, this sucks. I was hoping that this wouldn't be the case, but apparently it is. Been talking a lot about five-star defensive lineman Lebius L.T. Overton. He is going to commit Friday on national television. Why is that important? Well, he is not going to take his Oklahoma visit on the spring game. Instead, he's going to commit on Friday. So, I would imagine A&M is the choice here. Out on... That stinks. OU in on A&M. Yeah. Bummer. That would have been big. Would have been big. We're just hoping that he would still take that spring game visit, and with this announcement Friday, clearly he's not. Right. A&M money strikes again. Well, hey. Um, oh, so you're saying that this is an NIL-focused type of uh, signing that's I, happening? I mean, every signing they've have they've had in this class seems to be NIL-focused. Maybe he made the decision at A&M based on – a&M and the defense they have, but I'm I'm sure that A&M made that NIL package um, very, very – looking very, very good. Right. Because there's got to be lots of businesses just willing to throw down a lot of money to have – You make fun of it, but there, apparently there is in College Station. LT Overton endorse their, their business. Friday at 2 o'clock on ESPN2, he's going to make his decision. And you, you're ready to say that it's going to be Texas A&M? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You have some uh, other info? No, I have zero info. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be A&M. That stinks. Yeah. Oh, well. The win with or without you. Isn't that the old saying for Switzer? They'll, uh, they'll, yeah. they'll get a a five-star defensive lineman. They're not going to get LT Overton is what it sounds like, but in this – coming recruiting class or the next one like OU is not going to have to wait very long to find a five-star defensive lineman in recruiting they're well on their way to to get one of those guys I hope so um I I I don't know like the five-star thing D-line is is great they they just they got to get some some bodies in there some talent in there Uh, like they've got some capable guys and I think that I think the crew that we've got on campus now is capable of playing some really good defense. It's just you know it's going to be a work in progress, and you always got to refill the coffers and get the best talent talent out there. And I I think they're on the way to doing that. Yeah, but it would have been nice um, with this defensive line, especially that's trying to plug some holes. I don't know if he would have been an immediate impact guy, but he would have been a, a pretty nice option to look at. Only thing is. I feel like with as much developing that's happened on campus already in the weight room and how physical they are, 
man, this is one of those situations I feel like this offseason that if you miss any of the offseason, if you miss all of spring, you uh, you got a chance to be behind in oh, you know, yeah. some areas. Way behind. Way behind. But, you know, there's there's always going to be a group that's way behind. You know, I'm sure that we're going to get some transfers post-spring from from other schools that maybe they didn't didn't get what they wanted to happen or whatever it may be um but there's I think there's going to be some transfer guys uh and and Venables has said that we're not done with the transfer portal so those guys are going to be behind uh you're going to have freshmen that like you mentioned aren't going to arrive until summer and gearing up for training camp those guys are going to be behind guys that have been injured and weren't able to take take uh, part in spring practices they're going to be behind I mean it's always going to be a constant you know right now everyone's trying to come up to speed at the same time but you know within a typical functioning of a program there's always going to be a group that's that's trying to yeah it it would just be for for a guy that's not an early enrollee or you know a defensive guy that wasn't around for the spring it's going to be kind of a tough dynamic for those dudes because you're still trying to perfect your install, and there's got to be some point, Teddy, and I'm going to guess that some point is training camp, where it's, okay, we got to be realistic on who actually has a chance to help us out this year defensively. We've got to concentrate on this group of guys perfecting the install before the start of the season. We can't necessarily look at every able body, the players that just come in. Like We almost have to roll forward with these guys because they're our best players right now. They know the install the best. And I don't want to say some guys would be left behind, but I, I guess in kind of a way in training camp that might happen for some dudes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no doubt. It's, it's going to be hard to – it'll be hard for any guy – well, here's the thing. You get caught up pretty quick. In training camp, if you are a if you're a one or a two, like if they're throwing you out there, or if you're a transfer guy and they expect you to be a contributor, you're going to get a ton of coaching, a ton of reps, and whenever that happens, you get caught up to speed quicker than whenever you've got like a three guy or a four guy rotation at a given position. You just don't get nearly as many reps in spring. Frankly, there's not. That many reps. I think about it. You'll have 15, I think, practices in spring football that are going to be over the course of, well, like four weeks. You'll get 15 practices. Like You'll get the, the amount of practice that you're going to go through in spring in probably one week in training camp. Yeah. Whenever I'm talking, like, you can't do two a days anymore, but like, with all of the walkthroughs and stuff like that, they're going to be doing. You in in training camp, you have the ability to get caught up a lot quicker than you do in the spring. Uh, one one thing before we hit a break, Kale Gundy said this today: "Quotes, I'm as excited as I've ever been, and I'm not just saying that. I think OU football, we're headed in the best direction that we've been in in a long time, and it starts with our leadership. It starts with everything we're doing off the field with our players." In quotes. Agreement. Agreement. I agree with what. Kale is saying. Um, Kale's seen a lot of OU football, so that's yeah. kind of a revealing statement. Proof is is 
is in the pudding, though, and we'll see what happens whenever they take the, the field in the fall. And I feel like they're going to have a good football team this fall. But, I, you know, there's going to be growing pains. There's no doubt about that. But I think that people will I – think, I think you'll see it in the spring – Whenever they go to the whenever you go to the spring game, I think you'll see the makings of something really good going on. I do. Sure, not not a whole lot of head coaches that have uh, just rolled into a job and there's never been any growing pains. Right. I guess Switzer was kind of uh, one right, of yeah. them, though. He's That's one true. of the few. That's Even true. Saban has some growing pains. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a few things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment "What Caught Teddy's Eyes." So let's get a contro- let's get a little uh, controversial today. Let's do it. Story number one is. Well, why do you want it? What do you? I just wait. Get a little controversial today. That's all I'm saying. Well, um, I'll start here. Which, by the way, quick shout out to our buddies at Rooftef, uh, Josh Tucker, former teammate, runs the show over there. Been in business for a long time. Great reputation. Can handle any of your roofing needs, just repairs or entire roof replacement. Give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Uh, everyone has chimed in pretty much on the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident, but uh, O.J. Simpson decided to uh, <laughs> yeah, to chime in on on the the uh, the thing, saying that Will Smith was out of line. Uh, don't you love to get? Uh, opinion from O.J. Simpson, if you're Will Smith, on uh, on what's gone down. <laughs> this is it, right? I, I remember him talking about this. <laughs> Hmm. He knows he knows how Will Smith feels. He wanted to slap some comedians too. Ingredients. Okay. Uh, Thanks, right. OJ. Yeah, there you go. There's there's OJ chiming in. How do you feel about this? Um, Colts owner Jim Irsay said that training for Carson Wentz was a mistake. Um, they were so unhappy about him, and they let it known that that loss to the Jaguars. What was that week seventeen or week eighteen or whatever oh, yeah. it is now. Oh my gosh! I mean, that wasn't even close. That there, there is a hate in Indianapolis for that guy that is unmatched. It feels I know. like it's wild, and it's just it's crazy to hear. Like, rarely do you ever hear an owner 
come on and comment about any guys specifically unless there's like some type of uh, situation going on, right? Like, like if you know they're answering questions or allegations or whatever specific to some player, uh, it's rare to see them just say, "Yeah, that that guy, huge mistake, set us back big time." Um, Taysom Hill, he's he's done. He's um, totally switching positions now, and. Uh, I guess it's it's time for him to ditch the quarterback um, deal. He's back to tight end, which is probably a well, little bit more natural. I mean, for him. he's going to be labeled as a tight end, but I feel Athlete. like his role is going to be pretty much the same. He's still going to be under center in short yardage and goal line situations, I would think, because dude, the Saints had some incredible success with him. In, yeah. in those, in those, with Drew Brees, with Jameis Winston, whoever. So, yeah, like it, the positional change. I still think he's going to get snaps under center, most likely, though. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. That's all I got. All right, buddy. Let's get a little controversial today. Okay. First off, uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. Maybe you've heard of him. He tweets out today in Oklahoma, we stand with female athletes and will protect women's sports. Thank you to all the female athletes who joined me as I signed the Save Women's Sports account into law today. So, Governor Stitt signed the transgender athlete ban into law. Right. This this is such a... You're right. It's controversial. Here's what I think. This should be handled within the the in a in a proper way within those sports and within those leagues. And I don't know. You, I, just because of a lack of action or whatever now it reaches the point to where every state or a bunch of states are going to all have a bunch of different rules. What a mess. What an absolute mess. I What I immediately think of when I see this is, huh, will this impact the Women's College World Series? Could this be the end of the WCWS and OKC? There's that thought out there. I don't think so, man. And maybe I'm dead wrong about it, but with as much as they've invested into that facility, as much as Oklahoma City is known for I mean, really kind of the home of college softball, the home of USA softball. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's been too much of an investment in Oklahoma City for it to move to another site. Hmm. Well, I don't think it's going to be moved to another site, but I don't know. I guess all it takes is, you know, one one activist, one person um, – to really start to pressure the right people in a public format. And as we've seen, uh, people will fold instantly to that type of pressure. We've seen it across the country in a bunch of different avenues. Controversial story number two. Mm -hmm. Disney corporate president Carrie Burke says that she supports having many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. She wants a minimum of 50% of characters in 
you know, Disney Productions, a minimum of 50% of characters to be LGBTQIA and racial minorities. <laughs> Why? It does say that she is the mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child. I I should have told you today I was going to put you in a really interesting spot in this segment. It's it's not that – I just don't understand why. Why is there this overwhelming need to to force that issue into every – Every everything that they put out, I, what's the need? If you've got a story, and that role makes sense in a story, okay, I got no problem with that. But like creating that, creating that that narrative or creating those those uh, roles just out of out of thin air to push that, I just. I don't even know why. And I don't know. I I don't know. It doesn't end well. (laughs) One way or the other, it doesn't end well. Uh, Last one. You can relax a little bit. This one's not so controversial. You mentioned the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey is slamming Hollywood, calling Hollywood spineless for giving Will Smith a standing ovation after the incident. I was sickened by the standing ovation, Jim Carrey said. And basically said, uh, I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, and it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that we're not the cool club anymore, in quotes. Wow. Well, of all the things that have happened in Hollywood, if that is what he finds to be the most egregious, then (laughs) I don't know what to tell him. But, yeah, sure. Um, No one knew. That's what happens whenever you're in an awkward situation and you just don't know how to respond to something, right? I, it's like, oh, okay, everyone else is clapping. I'll stand up for the guy just walked up there and slapped somebody. Text line says, these aren't controversial stories. It's tabloid left-wing junk that almost nobody outside of the TV and media buys into at all. That's, ki- that's kind of what – I feel that way exactly. If you just kind of go outside and, and go about your day-to-day business, like a lot of these things, it's just not – a day-to-day issue. It's just not. It's weird the things that end up getting, um, I guess, the most attention. Strange. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up. Hour number two next. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, emergency repairs. They do it all. Give them a call, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Someone texted in and said, uh, text line after that segment and put like a, a gif of a fire going on. Yeah, that's basically what's going on in the text line right now mm. after uh, all that. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on, though. There was a question, like a mailbag question on The Athletic today that said, which program in Texas makes a college football playoff first? To which I said, are we sure a program in Texas is going to make the college football playoff anytime soon? 
But after thinking about it for a few minutes. You decided on Baylor? I decided on Baylor. Yes, <laughs> I did. I decided on Baylor. Yeah. Baylor's got a good chance after the University of Oklahoma leaves the Big 12. Um, Baylor's got a chance to take things and run with them. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a little bit limited, uh, perhaps offensively, but I don't know, man. If they keep that running game going They'll the way fine, uh, that they did last year, and I expect uh, Bo Hannon to, to improve a little bit. He improved dramatically from the previous year to last year, so I would expect some from him from last year to this year. Um, they've got to have some playmakers show up and, and be more consistent, but they're going to play uh, a style of football that helps out their defense, and they got a great defense. I think the response was Texas A&M in that article, to which it was, well, I mean, at some point you recruited such a high level that it just works out for you. And I feel like Texas was cited as an example, but it took Texas' best player ever to finally break through and win a national championship. Yeah, Texas has a bunch of top five recruiting classes and no results. All right, quick timeout. we got the final out of the rush coming up.